Dad Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese Maxwell. And I'm David Maxwell. And he is my dad. We're about to jump in with the question of the day. So, Padre. Yes. What is your favorite summer outdoor activity? Well, being in the South in the summer. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite outdoor activities is to be indoors when there's air conditioning. <laughs> the act of going inside. That's <laughs> <The act laughs> my favorite outdoor. Well, there is something to be said to walking in and having the cool breeze hit you. Yeah. That's, that's always a cool thing. That's true. But since we're going with outdoor activities, I'm going to say that for me, my favorite summer outdoor, outdoor activity would probably be tennis. Um, I really like the game of tennis in general. Now, in the summers, I play it in the evenings. Yeah. I'm talking like 7 p.m. That's smart. Typically. Because uh, if you do it before 7 p.m., you're going to get heat stroke. So <laughs> True. <laughs> I usually wait to the evenings and play. But I really like that because you get that opportunity to be outside when it's not swelteringly hot. And it's still pretty bright outside at about 7. Yeah, so, it's plenty bright. And, and I would say the thing I do... Uh, if, I, if I'm doing races, I do sprint triathlons. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I have a race, I enjoy the training. I mean, yeah. you kind of hate it, but you kind of love it. It's kind of a mixed bag yeah. with anything like that. But I do it. I enjoy it. But I'm the same way. I try to do it. Like this morning, I went riding just after 6 a.m. because it was a lot cooler than right now where it's almost 100 degrees. Yeah. You see, you do it in the morning before it gets hot, and yeah. I do it in the evening, in the evening. after it gets that's hot. That's it. That's the way. And that that's really the key, honestly, is just staying out from the hours of like 10 a.m. all yeah. the way up until like 5. Yeah. 10 to 5 is like the just be indoors, man. Don't do not do that to yourself. It's, it's tough. Okay. So we are going into a new topic. All right, uh, I'm excited. So we took a poll on Instagram with a few different topics and people voted. And uh, over half of them voted for this one topic. And it was this, healthy body image. Mm, that's good. How do I have a healthy body image? That's something that a lot of young adults are struggling with. And even all the way out through adulthood, yeah. I would say, just in our culture in general, having a healthy body image can sometimes be hard to do. Yeah, and I think our society tends to... I don't know. It kind of pushes people toward insecurity. Mm. I think a lot of it comes from advertising where people, oh, you're not enough. You need this. You need that. Dang. And and we kind of look at the person who maybe is the outlier. Right. You know, um, you know, like Tom Cruise movie just mm-hmm. came out. Top Gun 2, Maverick. Yeah. He's 59 years old. Yeah. And and the boy looks good for 59. He looks like he's in like his late 30s. Yeah, he Which does. is honestly insane. It, it is. And he doesn't look like he's had plastic surgery. Right. I'm sure he's done stuff. I don't know what. Mm-hmm. But um, but that can be intimidating to men in their 50s because they look at Tom Cruise and they're like, nope. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think any age, every age actually, mm-hmm. has someone who you're looking at going, well, I don't look like them. And that can be tough. Yeah. And I think that's why... At the very start of this, 
from our conversations previously, kind of talking about this topic and prepping for this, yeah. we wanted to jump into this first session talking about the true origins of a healthy body image. Yeah. And ironically, the core of a healthy body image is not your body itself. Yeah, it's true. Because like, if you see sometimes people that everybody else is like, wow, you're so beautiful, view themselves as being ugly. Mm -hmm. So there is not a correlation <laughs> between looking good and feeling good yeah. about how you look. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think I think we see it in everybody. You look at someone and think, man, they look great. Mm -hmm. They're in such great shape. And you say something to them and they're like, no, nah, I need to lose about you know, yep. three pounds or, yep. you know, I'm looking this way or that way. And you're like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. But everybody does. It. I think every person can find their imperfections quicker than they can the good parts of themselves. It's true. And, and I think part of that's human nature. Mm -hmm. And so what we wanted to talk about is the true origins of a healthy body image, since it's not just the circumstance itself. Yeah. It's something that's deeper. Uh, so let's talk about where someone's sense of worth mm -hmm. and value actually comes from. Yeah, I think the key is for people to understand that your worth and your value really don't have a lot to do with your looks. Mm. Um, I mean, they're part of you. Mm -hmm. You don't want to discard them. But your value is because you're human. Mm. I mean, you are a person. You are an autonomous being created by God, and your value comes from that. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, you look at a body, you know, people are born, they live, and then they die. Mm -hmm. I mean, death has 100%, except in one situation, death has always won. Mm -hmm. So all of us are going to die. All of us will get older. Yeah. Um, that's a reality. Mm. But who we are is beyond that. It's, right. you know, our soul, our spirit, you know, our body's really just a shell. Mm. But I think it's so easy to forget that mm -hmm. in our society today. Yeah. And I think it's because your body has such a profound effect mm. on your spirit and your soul. Yeah. A great example would be your brain. You mm -hmm. know, your brain chemistry does direct and affect what's going on. Yeah. If there's an issue with the hormones that are being released, that will affect you. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, even sometimes like if you're having like a stomach problem, that's going to affect how you feel. Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> It's going to affect you for real. <laughs> uh, so sometimes it's because the body is what you can see and touch and sense with your five senses. Mm -hmm. We do get it mixed up with who we are. Now, yeah. even though it's part of who we are, yeah. it is not the core of who we are. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to remember is that. Our body doesn't make us what we are. Right. It influences it. Mm -hmm. I think that's good, and I think it can influence us. You know, like people who you've seen, they, they say, I'm hangry. Mm -hmm. You know, they're hungry and angry. Mm -hmm. And that's a legitimate thing. There are people oh, yeah. who, when their blood sugar gets down, don't get near them. Yep, yep, they'll fight you. Mm -hmm. But I think what we have to acknowledge is that if we're going to get to the point where we have a healthy view of our body, we have to remember that that is not our source of value. Yeah. Like you said. And I think that's where we have to acknowledge what our source of value is. Mm -hmm. And that's God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were created in the image of God mm -hmm. is what the Bible says. And that, that does mean something. Mm -hmm. And I think we may have lost that a little bit in our society as we've kind of accepted this. Oh, we evolved. We made ourselves. 
I think that demeans us. Right. Like you're nothing more than an animal who happened to get consciousness one day. Yeah. Right. And no, I agree with that. And I think if we can get back to the truth that there is not only a creator, but a creator who loves us. Mm -hmm. That's that's the thing right there. It's like even all the way back to the Garden of Eden when God made humanity in the first place, they had two choices. They could either go by what God says, where he was like, God was like, hey, fruit tree of life, eat it. Good job. Hey, anything else in the garden, go for it. Just don't eat from this one tree. And what was that? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And ironically, whenever we made the decision to eat from that, we were separated not only from God, but from each other and from ourselves. There was a inner brokenness that happened in that moment as a result of sin, as a result of death, that still has profound effects today. And uh, the truth is, what God says about us, we have to believe if we're going to get to a place of internal health that results in viewing ourselves, even our physical bodies, well. What I mean by that is, I think sometimes, even as Christians, I mean, for those of you listening to the podcast that our believers, I think you would even admit this. Sometimes God says something and we think to ourselves, well, that's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Like if, if God's like, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. Uh, or like what he, what he said to Jeremiah, when you were in the womb, I knitted you together. I knew you. I had a plan for you. Mm-hmm. And we think to ourselves like, oh, that sounds nice. That's a yeah. good Disney World thing. But eventually I got to come back to reality. Yeah. But this is the truth. What God says is reality. Mm-hmm. So we have to walk the journey of going from these lies that we've been fed, not only by our culture, like you said, through advertisements yeah. and such, but also that we've just spoken over ourselves, yeah. believed over ourselves, and laying those down for what God said. Because the truth is, is that God thinks you are beautiful or handsome. Mm-hmm. Yes, physically, but also spiritually and emotionally. He sees you as having an intrinsic value that he's spoken into you. So if you can believe that, I mean, the battle's won. Yeah, and I think we also look at the reality of the fact that what what sets Christianity apart from all the other religions. A lot of people talk about, well, all religions teach the same thing. They really don't. But the one thing that I think sets biblical Christianity apart is our worth. Because God found us so worthy. He wanted us so much. He came for us. Mm. You know, every other religion, you have to earn your way to God. Well, God came for us. If there's anything that should show us our worth to him, it's the fact that he came and died for us. Mm -hmm. And he did that because he really finds worth in us. And so that means we should be able to find worth in ourselves because of him and what he did for us. And that that right there is what it is. Because it's not a, oh, I'm worthy because I just think I'm great and I'm going to tell myself how great I am, therefore I'm going to be great. (laughs) Because that's empty. And there's a lot of people that do that. There's a lot of societies where it's like, oh, well, you just got to speak positive truths over yourself. And that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is the God who created the universe Mm -hmm. that designed all of this, he said that you're worthy. He earned you back. He made you righteous. And all you have to do to really connect with the fact that you are worthy is connect with the one who said it. Yeah. Right. I I remember somebody gave the illustration one time of like, if you have a diamond, 
how do you find out what that diamond is worth? It's what somebody's willing to pay for it, mm-hmm. right? The the worth comes from an outside place. Yeah, and that's the truth. Like I think a lot of times we try and change the way we look to earn other people saying that we're worthy. Yeah, that's right. A good point. Or to earn from ourselves that we're worthy. To give ourselves that it's not an in, intrinsic thing. It is from an outside source, mm-hmm. but it is from the one outside source that is actually real and solid and true, and that's God. Yeah, and that's the one that really matters. And I think we see as our society has gotten away from God, we've seen people's value of themselves lower down Mm. to where, oh, I'm I'm no different than an animal. Mm -hmm. Well, no, you really are. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's one of the reasons, and that's something we have to remember, Mm -hmm. because our origin really does make a big difference on how we see ourselves. It does. And it's something that the cool thing is this, what God says is reality. Mm -hmm. So the reality is that you have value and worth Yeah, because that's what God says. No matter what people say, no matter what you feel, even Mm -hmm. in this moment, even if you feel like you're not good enough in your looks or in any other area, really, the truth is, is that God has spoken over you that you do matter. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's something that we have to learn how to connect with. We have to learn how to trust. And yeah. uh, when we were talking about how to get to that place of trust, we, we thought of two different areas. Um, the first one is something that psychology calls cognitive behavioral therapy. And, and what that means is a lot of times how you feel and how you view the world is defined by how you think. So let's go back to the illustration of like, that, that girl who is a worldwide supermodel that everybody thinks is beautiful, but when she looks in the mirror, she says she's ugly. Mm-hmm. Well, her thoughts are constantly brooding over the fact that she thinks she's ugly. Yeah. So she has to learn how to replace those thoughts with healthy thoughts, mm-hmm. which since we're coming from a biblical perspective here, scripture is a great place to do that. It really there is. are actual YouTube videos that are literally just hours of different verses of promises that God has spoken over you or things that he says about his people. And so a key thing here in cognitive behavioral therapy is replacing a lie with the truth. Yeah. Because the fact is those feelings of unworthiness that you have over yourself are lies. Mm -hmm. They're just not true. Yeah. And I think people find it easy. Well, it's funny. We'll, We'll say that to other people mm-hmm. and we'll tell them to do that. Yep. But it's hard to do for yourself. Super hard. You're right. You know, and I think that's the one thing everybody needs to understand. This isn't a thing that you're just going to, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to only think good thoughts of myself. That's that's never going to happen in that you'll always have to battle because you may conquer this area. Mm-hmm. You may say, okay, I'm not putting myself down over this. But mm-hmm. then you'll start putting yourself down over that. Or you'll start comparing yourself to other people. You'll start using all these situations. And, and you'll just kind of make yourself feel bad without even realizing. I think it's easy to do in our society. It is. And I think it's something where trust is a process. Mm-hmm. Trust is exercised through walking through things where it doesn't feel like it's true. Yeah, you know, that's good. Like when you're a kid and your parent takes you to the doctor and you get a shot. And they're like, just trust me. This yeah. is this is the best way. You know, like know. whether it's you're getting a vaccine or whether you're getting like a, a, a shot for a sinus infection. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, all, what do you feel? 
pain yeah and it's uncomfortable and it's unfamiliar and you don't like it yeah but you have to trust your parent and what they say is true even though it doesn't feel that way it's it's a lot the same way in life like god says hey I already earned it. You don't have to re-earn your own worth. Hey, I call you beautiful. You don't have to get to a place to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, you may not feel that way in the moment, but trust is an active realignment. And and you're right. It has to come from a place where, ironically, we have to depend on God even to trust Him. Yeah, and and I think it's also getting a an authentic picture of that. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we're so busy, we're so you know, we're grinding, we're doing, that we don't really take time to look at ourselves and see the truth. And then sometimes I think we avoid the truth Mm -hmm. because we don't want to feel that pain. Mm -hmm. What's what's the word for that? There was the other one we talked about, the cognitive therapy. Acceptance therapy. Acceptance therapy, that's it. Yeah, acceptance therapy there, there's some scientific term for it that's mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot longer and fancier yeah. sounding. But what it's basically saying is there are times where you have to acknowledge that you feel the way you do. Mm-hmm. Because the issue is sometimes whenever we have these negative feelings, let's use, you know, since we're talking about it today, a negative body image. Well, the truth is in that moment, you do have a negative body image. Yeah. And you have to acknowledge that that's, that's an issue. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's something you're dealing with. It's something you're dealing with. And that's the first step. And being in, present in that moment mm-hmm. and being there with God and realizing that He still loves you, even though you have this issue, that's an important part to taking the next step. Yeah. Um, another, yeah. Or like if you, if you do have a physical problem, like let's say you're, you're obese, mm-hmm. you know, you really are scientifically, if you look at the numbers, you're at a dangerous place with how much fat is on your body. Yeah. It, instead of running from that or trying to medicate that with food or just watching shows so you don't have to feel that way or whatever, the first step is acknowledging, okay, I've got this issue. Mm-hmm. I have this problem. And it's not judging yourself. It's not, you, you have a term for it. Um, looking at oh, yourself. Yeah, it, I call it mirror time. Yeah. It's where it's, you know, staying in front of the mirror when you don't have any clothes on, you look in the mirror, that's just reality. With clothes, you can hide stuff, you can do, but when you look in the mirror, out of the shower, that's you. Mm. And I think being able to do that without just slamming yourself, but just saying, okay, here's reality, let me deal with it. Right. You know, so we're talking about body image. So you look in the mirror and say, okay, you know, I'm carrying an extra 25 pounds, an mm-hmm. extra 50 pounds. Right. You know, you can beat yourself up or you can just say, okay, that's reality right now. Yeah. And I think until we see it as reality, I think we kind of avoid doing anything about it. Yeah, you're right. And I like what you say. I remember one time when you were talking about mirror time, you were saying we can honestly learn a lesson from the mirror mm-hmm. because it's reflecting where we're at without judgment. Yeah. Um, just like a mirror just shows you what's there, you know, yeah. it, it's not, it's not beating you up. But it's also not lying to yourself. It's not hiding. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. not hiding anything. We it, it honestly is a skill of learning how to do that with ourselves. Yeah, I think that's hard to do. But when we understand our value, exactly, I think it makes it easier. And I think that's that's really the overall idea for this day. Is if you're gonna have a healthy body image, having a intrinsic sense of value that goes deeper than your body is the first step. Yeah, I think that's good. Because like you said, your body is going to get old. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I hate to say it. It's the book of Ecclesiastes right there. Yeah. You know, everybody is going to eventually not be attractive. Yeah. There are people that, you know, in the 80s were just the absolute icons for attractiveness. Yeah. And today they're not. Yeah. <laughs> and so if your worth comes from how you look. Yeah, that's true. Then that's a very fragile thing to build a foundation on. It is. It's tough. And and you'll beat yourself up the whole time. Precisely. But if it comes from what God says about you, it's kind of like what Jesus says where he says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added to you. Yeah. Ironically, whenever you trust what he says, mm-hmm. then those things that bothered you don't seem to bother you anymore. Yeah, they're not as big a deal. And there are two paths to that, like we said. There's yeah. acceptance therapy of like learning to acknowledge where you're at and realizing that God's with you in that mm-hmm. and in, in realizing that you don't have to beat yourself up for where you're at. Yeah. And then cognitive behavioral therapy where your behaviors will eventually change as you begin to consistently cling to the truth Yeah. instead of constantly ruminating over the lies. Yeah, I agree. I think that's good. <laughs> So let's go ahead and jump into some of the questions of the day. Uh, We got three. We always pick three. Uh, So this is our first one. What is a good, affordable meal I can cook at home? Got any recommendations? Oh, gosh. Um, I think for meals, um, probably one thing that I do that I'm finding more and more I do. In fact, I just did it for lunch today. Leftover rice Mm. is, is kind of a nice thing to have in your fridge. Yeah, because you can kind of make your own fried rice pretty inexpensively and quick. Yeah. You know, if you have any meat, in fact, for lunch today, I had a can of tuna Mm -hmm. and some leftover vegetables Mm -hmm. and I made my own fried rice and it turned out pretty good. Yep. And I think that's something you can do to where, okay, I can I can do a chicken. I can do a beef. I can do fish. Yeah. And you can make your own fried rice. Now, the rice needs to be cold. Yeah. Like from the fridge. That's. Fried rice is better that way. Um, but that's something you can do. Rice is cheap. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to have a ton of meat. You can have more vegetables, whatever, yeah. whatever you like. Find your favorites. But that's that's one thing I do that, that turns out to be a pretty good meal that you make at the house. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, one of our most iconic meals is kimchi fried rice. Mm-hmm. We love doing fried rice, putting kimchi in it, and then uh, doing a soft boiled egg. Not a soft boiled egg. Uh, sunny side up sunny side up sunny side up that's good and when you do that like you we put a little sesame sesame oil on it a little bit of soy sauce sprinkle some sesame seeds on it yeah it is delicious yeah sesame seeds Mm. because i mean if you want to you can sprinkle a little bit of cheese on there yeah the mozzarella because it melts well that's it but you can make you can add as much to it or Mm -hmm. go as minimal as you want and you still get the flavor i think the same thing for us would be baleadas Mm -hmm. um they have at Kroger and probably Walmart too, uncooked tortillas to where um, you just put them on the pan for about a minute on each side and they get that authentic like homemade tortilla taste. Mm. So you get that, put some eggs on it, literally scrambled eggs, put scrambled eggs on there, a can of beans, which is a whole 59 cents yeah. uh, can feed you for a couple meals. Yeah, And you do that. And then put some sour cream, maybe some cheese on there. If you want to be fancy, which Emily and I are being fancy this weekend. So we bought some chorizo, oh. which is $1.59 at the store. <laughs> and you only have to put like one tablespoon because that thing goes a long way. Chorizo is so good. So good. Oh. 
but it's it's a cheap meal. I yeah. mean, you're going to spend, you know, 10-ish dollars and get, you know, five meals out yeah. of it or more. That's true. Um, so it, I think that would be a, a great meal. Yeah, those are good. Uh, second question. I don't have any hobbies other than Netflix. Okay. Um, got any suggestions that I can use to unplug? That's a good question. I think a lot of it depends on on who you are, what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like if people like to read, you know, walking and listening to a book mm. or, or doing an activity while listening to a book. True. If you like being around people, uh, there's there's all kinds of clubs and groups that get together in your city. And I think if you just go online and start looking, Mm -hmm. you know, you can find people who have shared interest. Yeah. And I think those are just a couple things you can do just to kind of get out. Because if we just stay home, right, it's so easy to just sit and binge watch. It's so easy to do. But if you go out and sign up for something or take part in something, it kind of forces you to kind of get out of your own comfort zone. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think another good suggestion, if you have like a core group of whether that's friends or family that you hang out with sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, doing something as simple as learning some card games yeah. and playing those card games together. I remember uh, during the initial thing of quarantine, after a few months, we decided to have some friends over and we invited two people that we had not been friends with yet. And we played a game called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Oh, yeah. And that is, it's like a, it's a cheap game. It's a deck of cards. It is. But it is a blast. You'll laugh so much and you'll build friendships. Mm -hmm. I really think, I mean, we've talked about this, that fun is an emotional glue. Yeah. So you can actually have a good time and connect with people at the same time. Yeah. Uh, Even strangers. If you're playing a game, you can connect with anybody, you You know, because that's where people let down the walls. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, that's definitely a hobby that would be very easy to take up too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, final question. What is one thing that you have recently discovered about yourself? (laughs) Okay, we're going to go deep here with this one. I know. Um, I think for me, we just did a a study called Grace Walk. Mm-hmm. And, Such a good study. And that study really opened my eyes to how much, oh, what's the word? I guess how much legalism mm-hmm. I had in my life when it came to my relationship with God yep. that I didn't even realize. Yep. These rules that I had kind of set for myself, the standard I had for myself that I didn't realize how much weight Mm -hmm. that was on me Mm -hmm. and how it was having the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. Instead of drawing me closer to God, it was actually making it harder to serve God. Right. And that was something that was mind-blowing for me um, because I've never, I don't know, and and I've probably heard things similar, but Grace Walk just put it in a way that I got it Mm -hmm. and it just connected. And for me, that was a pretty big revelation. Yeah. I mean, copy paste, totally agree. Because you mm-hmm. introduced the book to me, and then we introduced it to our pastor, and our pastor took our church through it. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, it's so true. I mean, I, exact same for me in terms of, golly, I didn't realize how much of my relationship with God was driven by guilt instead of yeah. by love. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm still walking the journey of living in that. 
Yeah, because it's I think so it's, easy to, to fall it's, back into like like this morning. Yeah, I, I had a moment where I was like, uh, "All right, you know, I, I've read my scripture. Time for me to say my prayers. Let me get my prayers done so I can go and do breakfast." <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, "Wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> I'm I'm treating my relationship with God like it's a task to get off my checklist." And yeah. I was like, "You know what, Lord, I'm not gonna pray like that. We're just gonna hang out today. I'm gonna talk a little bit." And if there's a prayer time, we'll have it. Yeah. But it's not going to be a checklist thing that I'm doing out of obligation. That's big for me. Yeah, it is. Because I was not like that previously. Mm-hmm. I'm learning to actually relate to God instead of being obligated. Well, it's it's really having a relationship instead of just a set of rules. Yeah. Because what we do is we set up our own rules and we think, okay, this is how I get to God. Mm-hmm. But it's not really a relationship. No, you're so, right. It, it was powerful. It is. It is very powerful. And if you want to check it out, go through the Grace Walk Experience Devotional. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. It's like 15 bucks. It's yeah, eight it's weeks long it. and it will change your life. Yeah. I, I honestly have thought about going through it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's very good stuff. But that's all the time we got for today, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We always love having you guys here. If you got any questions, feel free to send them to us through Instagram or email them to us. And uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.